This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> Probably like getting grade 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it all the time, whether, you know, there's two types of turds, you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean, um, we're, we're, we are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays. Welcome to the Varsity Club podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. The original plan for this week was to assemble the Hale Varsity team. I have three uh, of the five of us here. So not not quite a full team, but we're going to power through because we're just going to talk quarterbacks this week because that is the conversation that's just dominating all of Nebraska discourse at this point. A quarterback competition that I think is a lot closer than anybody thought that it probably would be now a week before the season. Greg Smith is to my left. Greg, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for being here. Thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime. Jacob Padilla is sitting in front of me. Jacob, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for being here. Thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. Really, really appreciate it. So I'm happy that you two are here. We're missing Brandon and Aaron, but they don't want to be part of this. So <laughs> um, this is the OG podcast. It Aaron is. has a podcast to plug. You have a podcast to plug. Greg, would you like to, to talk about it? The Straight Up Breakdown podcast with myself and Jay Foreman. We yeah. had an uproarious time talking about the Lakers this week. You is that a check word? It out. It is. Google it. An uproarious? Yeah, Google it. I mean, I know uproar is a word. You got to put the... It's one of my favorite Lil Wayne songs. But like... <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Cool. Jacob is Googling it as we speak. Um, Characterize I, or provoking loud noise or uproar. That's right. Okay. We oh. definitely did that. Cool. Um, so, <laughs> when I was younger, did complete tangent, when I was... I was very young, so Jacob is going to judge me for this, but I was very young, and I had never heard the word peruse in my entire life. I'd never heard it used. And it was my mom who used it when we were talking. We were driving home, and my mom used the word peruse in casual conversation. She just dropped it, and I was like, you can't just be making up words here. (laughs) And so ever since that point in my life, and now my wife knows about it too, my mom and my wife will both, when we're in an argument, she'll be like, I don't know, why don't you go peruse the dictionary and find it for us? Oh, nice. It happens. It happens. So, up, so. uproarious is just going to get added to the list of stupid things that I say on this podcast. Is that a word? Like, was it That's a tougher two, one. two weeks ago when I said, what's the, the name for the corn candy stuff? And it was Sasha <laughs> that was like, candy corn? <laughs> Okay, that one was that, really that good. Was, that right? was, that, yeah, was that good, one yeah. is that's a really good one. <laughs> so we got we got producer Pat with us this week. We're still in the OG setup though. Um, we're in Lincoln. We just heard we're recording this Thursday. We just heard Matt Lubick. We heard Wandale Robinson. We got to see the most glorious mustache in the history of mustaches with Cade Warner. But the thing that's going to dominate discussion this week and has so far is this quarterback competition between Luke McCaffrey and Adrian Martinez that seems closer than anybody thought it would? Or, I, I don't know. The 
you've seen you've, you've you've seen some people say I think Scott Frost is just trying to keep Adrian Martinez motivated. I don't necessarily agree with that because if you're having to keep your starting quarterback motivated a week and a half before he travels to Ohio State to play what was the second ranked team in the country, yeah. that's a problem. I don't I don't think Adrian is lacking motivation in that regard. Um, I think this is a close competition. So I have the two of you here. We're just going to talk about it. We're going to talk about Adrian versus Luke. Where do we start? Where do you want to start? I think we start. Well, first, I, I do think that you're right it, that, you know, it's a closer competition, but it's not even, I think it's more than that. I think it's that it's even a competition. Like, did any of us think that it was going to be a legitimate competition this fall? Because I did not. Legitimate, like, yeah. You didn't think so? No. I thought that Adrian would be the guy and it would be like they would maybe give some lip service to it, but I really didn't. You think thought it would be a quote unquote for show. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really did. Yeah, well, yeah I, I thought like uh, Martinez uh, would get the kind of number one reps and then McCaffrey would get his chance um, to go with the number one offense too and just kind of, hey, show us what you got. I thought that would happen. Like they rotate them in, um, give both guys to play, uh, a chance to play with different units. Um and then Martinez would uh, end up winning the job. But uh, um, sounds like it's still ongoing. And also, I'd like to say it was nice of you to let Greg plug his podcast and make no mention of my own. Um, you have uh, a podcast? I, I do, <laughs> along with Damon Benning, former Husker. We have uh, the Nebraska Preps podcast, uh, post-game show podcast, actually. It's every Friday, uh, you can go watch us live. We record around 10 o'clock, recapping all the, uh, the week's high school football action. And then you can also catch it in podcast form afterward as well. That was your opportunity to plug your podcast. So I got you. It's a good plug. It is a good plug. Yeah, you could you could write you ads. Gave a time. Man, that was actually, <laughs> we're not going to go. <laughs> that was a good plug. You could write ads. It was actually my first one. So. Nice. First I, okay, I, let me, let, because you brought it up now. Have you plugged any of our podcasts on your postgame show? Not yet. Damon kind of oh, runs the show. Oh, come on. <laughs> You can't get mad at me for not giving you the opportunity to plug your podcast that I thought up until this moment was just a video and then tell me that you haven't actually plugged any of our podcasts yet. Greg, do you plug this podcast on your show? I do, and I call okay. it the OG. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, I have. Greg Smith is pumping the air. That's right. Um, what, where were we at? Jacob completely. Um, we were talking about whether or not we yeah. thought it'd be a legitimate I, I think I had said, I think I've said multiple times this offseason that I thought it would be it earlier in the offseason, that I thought it would be a quote-unquote four-show competition. But I don't mm -hmm. think I ever thought Adrian wasn't going to have to work for the job. I think any time I said four-show, I think I I was always under the impression that, I mean, they're going to say it's competition because every spot is is a competition on the team. Yeah, and Frost but says that. Adrian was going to win it because I still firmly believe and i said it in the mailbag wednesday i've written it many times i've said it on many podcasts i've said it on many radio shows adrian in the right system with the right people around him can be a really good quarterback and so i i still think that if he wins the job and they're successful as a run first offense he can be a winning quarterback for you i think he can have a bounce back year but listening to frost this week it was the first time where I really thought Luke has a shot at winning this thing. That up until this point, I don't think I had ever said, yeah, I think Luke McCaffrey can win this thing. It was Frost saying the offense moves exceptionally well yeah. when we have Luke McCaffrey at quarterback. He did not say the same thing about Adrian Martinez. You pointed this out, Greg. When they talk about Luke McCaffrey, there is like almost like they're 
going out of their way to say good things about him. Mm-hmm. And when they talk about Adrian, you don't get that same sense. And I don't know if that's because of what of what they say happened last off season. What's up? You raised- well, no, I'm just I'll hop in, keep continue with your thoughts. I, I don't know if that's because of what they say happened that last off season and that Adrian approached the season as like, I'm gonna be the guy, it's my job, I'm not going to work as hard. I don't know if that was actually the case, but that's the, that's what they've told us. Um and and to be fair, that's what Adrian has also said a little bit too. I I, I don't know. I don't know if they're just trying to keep keep expectations yeah. down or keep the ego down or what I don't think Adrian has an ego, but Whatever, but I don't know. Like it is so strange to hear them talk about Luke McCaffrey the way that they do, yeah. and compare it to the way that they talk about Adrian. And I, I think it's worth noting that that it, the exceptionally well comment also struck me, um, and I kind of wrote about that in my uh, column this week. But um, I think it's also worth pointing out that that question that that quote came in response to a question about using McCaffrey at other positions and how are they going to use him and. He kind of prefaced it by saying he is a quarterback and the offense moves exceptionally well when he's back there. And that he was like, also, yeah, he made a point. He was like, he yeah. is a quarterback. Yeah, he definitely, I would definitely like to make this clear. Yes. Yeah. And that also followed a um, a quote where he praised both of them and their ability to play well and what they're doing in practice. And that's kind of been um, how it's come across to me. Um, you kind of look at the, the totality of all, all the pressers they've given us and it really seems like they're doing everything they can to put those two on the same, on the same tev- uh, on the same uh, tier. And I think because McCaffrey is the young guy, was the freshman last year, um, redshirted obviously, um, and because he was the backup, they're they're having to say more about McCaffrey making that jump to be on Martinez's level than they are having to kind of talk up Martinez. So I think that's part of it too. Is I think they're doing everything they can. And even today, like anytime you ask them about, they're going to answer for the most part, unless it's very specific to just one guy, they're going to answer um, by praising both guys and the, the way they're playing and what they're doing right now. I think they're really trying to kind of make it clear, hey, this is 1A, 1B, and whichever one is the 1A, we're not telling you yet. Can I love a question out there, though, that, and, and devil's advocate is too strong, but like just to kind of play the other side of Jacob saying that about um, them mentioning Luke a lot and you saying it as well, Derek made me think of this. Yes, that is true. And I did say that to you that they have been, it feels like they're, everyone is going out of their way, players and coaches to make sure that they tell you how well Luke McCaffrey is doing. But why haven't we heard anything about, Adrian Martinez having like this bounce back camp or like, you know, he was down last year and he really had some setbacks, but you know, man, he's out there looking sharp. Like, should that be a thing? This is my question because it, it should, it should, in theory, it should be. If that's your quarterback, if that's the guy you're trying to build him up, it, that should be the story. It should be, yeah, he looks better. Yeah, he's trimmed down. Yeah, he's making smart decisions. Cade Warner said it on Thursday. The deep ball accuracy has improved. Both quarterbacks have progressed in terms of their ability to, to throw from the pocket. So I thought that was should, a good nugget. That yeah. should be what the coaches are saying, not what your former walk-on wide receiver is saying. Like, If you have a quarterback who has struggled at times with confidence – with his mojo, whatever you want to call it, which Adrian has, why would you not want to try to build him up throughout this offseason? That has been strange to me. 
Yeah, and maybe, and maybe part, but okay, maybe part of it is is like continuing to light that fire under Adrian because Adrian did make mention at some point during um, this preseason camp um, about you know he needed to have that fire and he needed to show that. And we talked about this last year. It feels like maybe even this freshman year about how getting into games, it felt like when he got involved in the run game early and kind of got that first hit under his belt, he just felt more engaged. Like he just seems like someone that needs that fire. So I would buy that that. That was something that the coaching staff was doing in this case. I don't buy it from the players, though, which is why that's the portion of it that doesn't add up to me is that I, I just don't feel like the players have talked about this competition in a way that makes it makes it feel like it's just a sham or that, you know, Luke doesn't really have a shot. Like it's really uh, besides the big frost comment, which I totally agree that that definitely grabs your attention. The way the players have described all of this from both sides um, really has me kind of perked up thinking, okay, maybe this is real. And Adrian is a guy who has, has sort of tried, I'm not going to say struggled because that's too strong a word, but has tried to figure out since getting here, we talked to him. He's, He's not soft spoken, but he's not loud. He's he's um I don't know. He probably needs that. He's not loud, right? Like mm-hmm. he's he's a little soft spoken. He he is a leader on the team, don't get me wrong, but he has tried to figure out how to walk that line between what Mario Verduzco wants of his of his quarterbacks, don't get too high, don't get too low, but also trying to figure out when are the right moments for for me, Adrian, to play with fire, to play with emotion. And, and that's been something that he's had to try to figure out over his first two years, and he it's still a work in progress. So I wonder if, like, if, if that was the situation, like, certainly Luke pushing him every day in practice would help because he has that guy that's just nipping at his heels every single day saying, I'm coming for your job. So that would probably help. How much of this do you guys think, if any, has to do with, well, Luke McCaffrey is a big-name guy. His brother's Christian McCaffrey. Everybody in the country knows who the McCaffreys are. Dylan McCaffrey just put his name in the transfer portal. We want to try to keep Luke happy and make him feel like he's still involved so that he doesn't transfer. I don't, I, don't, I don't have any inside information. I'm not reporting anything. I'm just posing the question does that play any factor in any of this that's something that i thought about as well is like how much of this is just kind of managing the room and trying to keep that quarterback depth because obviously they've had problems with that yeah Yeah. (laughs) and that one is is one i think that is one worth keeping in mind as we approach that same time period right because they made that decision what on that sunday when martinez was named the starter or not named but they told them in private and then that day or next day jebia is out of here the game week so you're coming up on that same kind of a situation yeah and or time period yeah and so typically coaches press conferences they could be so part of it you're going to get open honest analysis and feedback part of it's going to be sending a message whether it's trying to say some send something to opposing teams that you're going to play whether it's sending something to your own players sometimes it's trying to avoid answering the questions it, uh, completely like you're just trying to dodge the questions um, so there are a lot of different ways that coaches can use press you're conferences. Straight reading off of your column. <laughs> yeah, that was basically my lead in. And, and that's, <laughs> and that's what makes us tough is you have to, like our job is to kind of parse through that and try to figure out, all right, which part of this is um, just kind of them just talking 
which part of it is, hey, they're being honest here. This is how they truly feel and, and all that kind of stuff. So that that's part that's certainly a possibility is. And it's one that I still kind of lean towards being a strong possibility is uh, they really like Luke McCaffrey. They think he's going to be a really good player and they want to do everything they can to keep him in this program because it's something you have to every position, every uh, um, every year, it's something you're going to have to worry about, especially with the kind of the way the rules are changing uh, in, in various sports at the NCAA level sure. now, making transfers easier and all that kind of stuff. So roster management, building those relationships with your players, it's going to be more important than ever before. And perhaps this is kind of one way that Frost is doing it, like trying to make sure, hey, both these guys, you both feel valued. Um, Luke, uh, even if Adrian wins this, you're right here. Anything could happen. Um, we're going to need you. Um, so I think that could be part of it as well. And I, I think the biggest thing of this, and it is, they, ha- uh, they have said good things about Adrian Martinez and the way he's played. It's not like they've avoided trying to. They just haven't offered extra um, extra information on that regard like they kind of have with Luke. And I think that's pointing, and especially the way some of the other players talk about it, it's pointing to the improvement that McCaffrey has made. Because a huge part of why I never thought this was going to be that tight of a competition and I always thought Martinez would be the guy is um, when I went back and did that film study on his quarterback snaps and the fact that basically he didn't, he, he attempted one downfield throw out of the pocket. Well, he has 12 career pass attempts and the bulk of them were he, he out had, of the pocket. He had 51 snaps as a quarterback last year. And they, again, they didn't ask him to play it like a traditional quarterback. They didn't ask him to step back or stand back there and make reads. Every pass was kind of, it was a design rollout, a quick hitter, um, a trick play. That's kind of how they used him last year. So that doesn't really translate to being a full-time quarterback that runs the whole offense. Obviously, he was praised for his uh, study of the playbook as soon as he got here from Verdue and um, they talked about, but knowing the playbook and being able to execute it are two different things. Okay, Maybe, but can I, can I interrupt yeah, you for a yeah. second? Because I think that point is, is gets glossed over a lot. He... It it he was able to play wide receiver as a true freshman quarterback. That 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 has to speak to his comfort level and knowledge with the offense and with the playbook, does it not? Yes, it definitely does. Um, and I think that it's it, it is something that speaks to kind of what we talked about about him being a big name, the football family, and just the football IQ um, that he has to have. But then I think though that. I, it's it's tough because on one hand, what Jacob is saying is absolutely correct that he didn't he had such limited exposure to being a full time quarterback, but on the other hand, he did what was asked of him, yeah. right? Like the the kind of package that they used, he excelled in that and excelled in it enough to where, of course, it becomes even more than what it normally is with the backup quarterback at any given school, um, which I think fueled a lot of this during the offseason with the fan talk of wanting to see him replace Adrian Martinez. Um, but it it's just whether or not Luke can run the full offense and he's now had that extra time as well to kind of continue to study and work with wide receivers. And improve the mechanics um, as well. And improve the Verdue mechanics because, that. yeah, talked about that as well. Um I just wonder if kind of what you would traditionally think of is that like experience gap um, between them just doesn't matter as much because of some of those things. I also think that because there are going to be no fans in the stands, and I think that that's going to remain the case throughout the entire season because as we've seen throughout college football right now, it's not trending in the right direction. Because there are not fans in the stands, I think that 
that's a point in favor of McCaffrey. Could make it easier, yeah, to yeah, go with the freshman. Yeah, you don't have, like, you, you talk about, I think the question was asked to Lubick um, Thursday, does opening on the road against Ohio State factor into, you know, who you're going to pick at quarterback? It might not have to because you're not going to have 100,000 people in the horseshoe. Right. Like, it's, it, I mean, the hotel will be different, but I don't, do they have their travel plans finalized yet? Like, now it's going to be do. different yeah, regardless. Do. And um, we don't know what the crowd noise is going to sound like exactly and how that's going to be used. Right, it's not going to be any different from what they've been doing. They did it, they had a scrimmage inside Memorial Stadium, uh, what was it, a Saturday, Saturday. ago? Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be that different. And if you're talking about a guy making his first starts as a quarterback might not be a better situation to do it than when you don't have... Like, I mean, the three of us are NBA guys. What was the the conversation with Tyler Hero all throughout the postseason? Well, yeah, he's being great because he doesn't have to go in hostile road environments. Like, he hasn't had to deal with a true playoff atmosphere yet. And so, this is what you're getting. He's just able to go out and ball. If Luke McCaffrey is somebody that is comfortable with the playbook and is able to just go out and ball, maybe the playing field is level. Yeah, and it's uh, Brandon Vogel made the point too. Like, hey, if if McCaffrey is close enough, because Martinez ha- has okay, his yes, this issue, is where I want to go next. Has his issues as a so obviously he's done a lot more as a passer. He's played two years of quarterback, and uh, but last year we saw kind of some of the limitations of Martinez. Some of it was injury related, but some of it was that reading coverages and knowing where to go with the ball and putting it where it needed to be. It's not like he's uh, a, a true like. Uh, pro style quarterback back there that are that's making every throw. Um, he, he's a dual threat quarterback. He can still use some improvement as a passer. If um, McCaffrey is close enough as a passer, if he's improved enough there where he can make kind of some of those same throws uh, and some of those same reads, we've seen the speed that he has. Martinez is a more physical runner, but McCaffrey, his speed is a game changer and the way he's able to rip off some um, some big runs out of uh, out of that backfield. Um, so that, that could be a point in McCaffrey's favor too, is if he gets close enough, he doesn't necessarily have to be a better passer. If he gets close enough, then maybe the total package can give him the edge. Yeah. And I think that part of that too is, is it's not even to me, it's not even just the speed to rip off big runs. It's the speed to make a defense concern, right? As we talk about Nebraska's and this goes for the offense and the defense, like having a, you need more guys that opposing coordinators are, are afraid of that you have to figure out a way to stop this particular thing. So if you have to go into a game and this wouldn't happen right away because they just don't have enough film on it any, anyway. But if you have to go into a game saying, okay, that quarterback is really dynamic and Luke can really change the game with his speed, but can, he can help to open things up for other guys as well, because all of a sudden you have to pay even more attention to him versus say mills. And then he, it helps him out a lot. So there's a lot of ways that that sort of thing can be utilized. If, if the big if is if he's close enough as a passer um, to what Adrian is right now. Is he a more dynamic runner? Who is the more dynamic runner between the two of them? I, From what we've seen so far, it's McCaffrey, dynamic, using that word. Um, can he take uh, Can he take a full season's worth of hits um, as a running quarterback? Uh, we've seen Martinez get banged up as he was, but he's got a uh, bigger frame, more physical, bigger guy. Um, McCaffrey's a little smaller. He's put on some weight, obviously, um, spending well, a year. You, you also out. saw what happened last year when 
everybody said that Adrian put on too much. <laughs> but, or can, can Luke there. figure out that there's another way forward there too, to though? Can he figure out how to, yeah, yeah, how to avoid those hits? Because that is a skill that we've seen various NFL quarterbacks be able to figure out, like, it, it, and still kind of make it through and navigate that too. So, he just can't be out here running that speed option, uh, ducking his shoulder into people yeah. all the time. Like, stop doing that. And that's one <laughs> that'll where, help where the guy that can get out in space, that's when you can make, when you're a guy like Martinez, where you're roll, uh, lowering the shoulder and running through a guy. Um, that's not one where you can kind of save yourself. Right. You got to go get those yards when you kind of break it outside and uh, you get out in space, then you've got some room to kind of go down or get out of bounds mm-hmm. or whatever versus um, making some of those tougher runs. This is why the conversation is tough for us right now, because it, it comes down to, well, which is the better of the two quarterbacks in the run game? And then which is the better of the two quarterbacks in the, in the passing department? Mm-hmm. And if, if you guys are in agreement that, Luke, Luke McCaffrey is more dynamic as a runner than for Adrian to win the job, he would have to be the better passer. Now, because we've only seen Luke McCaffrey throw 12 passes, and Jacob, to your point, like you looked at, it's not even really, I mean, you can't even really glean much from those 12 passes anyway. The unanswerable question right now, because we don't get to watch practice, is, well, who is the better passer? Who is better at reading coverages? Who is the quicker blinker, to use Mario Verduzco's term? Who is making the right reads? We were supposed to have Brandon Vogel and Aaron Sorensen on this podcast. I think the two of them, like Brandon, we've had this conversation extensively in Slack over the last couple of days, and and Brandon is, I think, reserved, playing it safe maybe um, with with some of his thoughts, and and I think Aaron is is still in Adrian's camp. Just for the sake of argument on the podcast, I'm going to play devil's advocate. <laughs> a year ago, this time about a year and a half ago this time, so before his sophomore season, they felt we got to get dudes around this guy so that we can win with him and not waste him, not waste yes. this talent. Two years ago, people were talking about Adrian Martinez like Marcus Mariota level. Maybe not in terms of, of passing ability, but in terms of what he can do in this offense. I still think if you have a a, a run-first offense that's successful on the ground – and that can keep him on schedule, his playmaking ability as a runner and his physicality allows him to do some things in the play-action department where you can maybe move him outside, maybe do some of the stuff that you did with Luke where you shrink the input, you make it to where defenses can't do what Don Brown in Michigan did to him two years ago. Have we moved past Adrian way too fast here because... The other side of this argument that has been ignored so far, um, let's just let's just take a, a play for example. The snap is off, so he's having to adjust to that. The offensive line was not good last year, not consistent last year in protecting him, so he's having to scramble. He was hurt, so he's having to favor a shoulder, and he had one wide receiver that he could throw the ball to because the other wide receiver was constantly playing running back. The The whole purpose of this offseason for them, at least early on in 2020, was let's get a new offensive coordinator in here. Let's retool the wide receiver room. Let's get Travis Vokalek up to speed so that we can get the tight ends involved more. Let's use Diedrich Mills as our bell cow so that we can put the pieces around Adrian Martinez that a year and a half ago we said, these are the guys that we need to put around him. They've done that. Now they've done that. Frost got his guy at offensive coordinator that he wanted, that he said he wanted. 
He got his guy. Matt Lubick has been in this offense. He's a new guy that's not new. So he's able to hit the ground running. They have Omar Manning, who, as we saw on Instagram this week, looks like an NFL wide receiver right now. Mm. He looks the part. If he's healthy, great. They have Wando Robinson, and then they have a bunch of other options at wide receiver. We keep hearing a bunch of names, and I tweeted on Thursday. The only thing that really matters is if they get better play from that spot. It does not matter who what the name on the back of the jersey is. If it's Chris Hickman, awesome. If it's Jamie Nance, awesome. If it's Cade Warner, awesome. It just has to be somebody. But they have options now, and they have more diversity in terms of skill set and body size at the wide receiver room than they have had in a long time. So have we moved past Adrian too quickly and not taken into account all of the other crap that was going on around him that helped to result in a 5-7 and seven season. When Mario Verduzco says it's not just the quarterback that leads to success, I believe him. I'm in that camp. Do you know the other thing, I'll answer your question this way, the other thing that I thought Scott Frost said this week that caught my eye, the, the thing about exceptionally well, the office moving exceptionally well, caught people's attention. But he also said in that same question and answer session that Luke McCaffrey just found a way to make it work, right? What if Scott Frost is also seeing that and seeing that, hey, I don't have to rely on putting all those pieces that you just so eloquently laid out around Adrian Martinez for Luke McCaffrey because he's going to find a way to just make it work. So if that snap is bad in practice, and maybe it has been, I hope that it has not for their sake, um, and Cam was much better than the back half of the year, um, then okay, Luke is going to find a way to make it work. If we're having to shuffle wide receivers in and out of there, um, and they have because they've had some different injury issues and getting new guys up to speed um, during this fall camp, okay, Luke can find a way to make that work. So like maybe there's a – different and you said it too that like Adrian in a more of a ground-based offense where you don't ask him to do too much and all of that like what if they feel like they can just be a little bit more dynamic with Luke at quarterback and that and therefore we're not moving off of Adrian quickly it's just that it has Adrian plateaued is the question maybe he's not going to take that big leap forward that we thought he would um and i I myself definitely included in that if what if that's the case and that is the big question and the one that we can't answer there those coaches are seeing the practices we're not they've been seeing the workouts they've been seeing everything going back through this whole offseason they've seen everything that's gone on so we can't answer that question and that's the one ultimately that's the one that matters um but everything you laid out is exactly why i've been on um, the side that I think Martina is going to start and why I've been the whole time. And still I'm leaning that way is um, I feel like if they truly feel like uh, about Martinez, like they said they did, um, he was a uh, frost handpicked guy. As soon as he got here, they went out and got him highly uh, regarded guy. They brought him in, started him right away as a true freshman. They thought he could yeah. be in that line of quarterbacks exactly. that they've had. It wasn't just that like national people were saying Marcus Mariota and and yeah. what's the kid's name? Kenzie Milton oh, yep. UCF. Yeah. It wasn't just national people. They thought that. And last year, so obviously the praise for him all freshman last year it was talked about how uh, like you said kind of everything around him um he he had to battle through and um all that so uh, everything was almost protection for Martinez anytime you talk to the coaches about the offensive struggles. Um, so the only way I could I see them moving that off and not at least giving him a shot to see with these pieces around him um, that, hey, now that he's healthy, 
can you be what we thought you were? Because uh, again, you've talked, uh, we've kind of talked about this back and forth on Slack and whatever. His freshman year, he showed a lot of really good things. It was probably a little bit overrated in terms of kind of what, um, like is just term, is pure numbers and what they were. He only had what seventeen touchdowns um, through the air, seventeen to nine, I think, touchdown interception, um, seven to eight. Se- yes, okay, um, twenty six hundred yards, and he was at sixty four, yeah. seven and a half yards per pass, which is pretty average. Um, so, it, but the the, Why the do you point think is it was overrated though because it's not it, like the numbers. It the numbers were okay, but when people were like. Okay, this kid might actually yeah. be something. Was Ohio State? Yeah, and so I, I think. Do you think that was an overrated performance? No, I, I, I think, like I said, I think he showed the flashes of what he can be, and that's why people were so excited overall. And then put to, putting together a full season, and then doing it as a freshman. That's the part. Like as uh, individually, it, it was a good season. It wasn't a great season, a transcendent season by any means. But the fact that he did it as a true freshman, coming off of not playing his senior year of high school, and he was able to do that with um, not necessarily great talent around him. So that kind of shows you like, all right, this is the potential this kid has. This is If he can build off this, then he could be something special. It wasn't necessarily that he was special as a freshman. It's like, all right, he's got the potential to be special based on what he showed this year. The problem is with that potential, you got you to gotta build on it. You got to kind of live up to it. And this last year, it was at best, um, kind of a neutral, um, um, if not a step back. And I think both in the passing and uh, the Russian game, his numbers took a slight step back. It wasn't like he was completely awful last year, but he wasn't good enough for what they needed to be, both because of his own flaws and because of the team around him. So now we're, um, so he went through those struggles of defenses adjusting to him, taking away what he did well, and ha- had a tough time getting through that in season. Now he had a, uh, the whole offseason go back, learn from his mistakes, kind of learn moving forward, get healthy. So now are they going to just kind of, the only reason that I think they would give up on that potential of him being the guy that they thought he was is if he's showing them in practice that he's just not. If he's showing them in practice that he's the same guy that he was last year, he's not making progress, then that's when you get to, all right, we're uh, looking at giving the young guy a shot here because we feel like the, uh, there's more upside there. We're going to see... Um, what can happen there? Obviously, McCaffrey hasn't had the chance to do what Martinez has done, which is impress in a large role and then also have his struggles exposed. We've only, we've seen very little of McCaffrey right now, so all they've got mostly is practice snaps, which we're not privy to. So um, we, we can't really answer th- that question, but I think that's kind of where the central question is, is what do the coaches believe Martinez really is and what has he shown them that he is right now two points to be fair I think they have one of the better secondaries in the conference so I think they have a pretty good gauge of of where their two guys are at just based on going against that secondary in practice and the second point is practice on Tuesday sucked <laughs> something <laughs> happened in that practice on Tuesday it was, it was either that or it was your question I mean like, <laughs> I don't think it was the question no, it probably not it was Tuesday a pretty good question like it's it the well bad. no I'm not even just that it was just the whole demeanor yeah. was just like from the outset usually it does like inside baseball here usually when Scott Frost seems that upset within a press conference it is because it feels like it was a reaction we to a question we have seen it because he's had those Thursday press conferences before a game and he's been pissed and everybody's like, Ooh, he was, yeah. he was icy. And then you, they 
go lay an egg on Saturday. Right. And then he's like, yeah, I was upset with you guys on Thursday because we'd just come off a bad practice. He's not Which good I'm, at hiding his emotions. He is not. Aaron makes that point all the time that he's just, he wears his emotions on his sleeves. I actually just, not to derail this, I actually wish he would just say, <laughs> we suck today. <laughs> like, what would, what harm would that do? <laughs> like, would it be bad? Would that be bad if a coach just came out and said that? Like, they're, we've got to be just, better. They're just, um, I can't remember who I was talking to that, that said this to me, but they're, they're just a coaching staff that it's all about building up the players. It's all about being an amplifier for the players. Yeah. And they've so kind of said that like, that. like, and it's in the way that they actually run those practices. Like they don't stop practice and like break guys down on the field and all of that. Like they kind of let it go and then they correct it in film study. Like it's, it's just don't a cuss at guys. Yeah. They, it's, they, that's they just wanna, part of how that, so yeah. maybe that, so yes, that fits. I don't think you're ever going to hear him come out and just say, yeah, we sucked today. Even if they get to, like, Nick Saban Alabama levels, I don't think he's ever going to do that. I, would I just don't think that that's the kind of guy he is. I'd agree. So, oh, like, who wins the job? I'm still going, like, Boy. Martinez, for all the reasons that I've kind of laid out here. I think you just have to – I think you have to give it a shot. have to let him show what you can do unless he – I think it's coming in, it was his job to hold on to. And – he doesn't keep it, uh, or he keeps it if he doesn't give them a reason to give it to the next guy. Mike and Babcock has been the most measured on this, and I think he said on the radio this week that it is Adrian's job to lose on the field. You guys agree with that? No, no, I, I no, because I can't. Yeah, no, because to me, if if Luke is clearly outperforming him in practice, then I don't think that that's. I, I don't think that he is owed. This sounds more harsh than it should. I don't think he's owed getting to go out there. And we've seen Frost. We saw it with Martinez. We saw it with Cam Jurgens. If Frost believes that you are the best long-term option for this team, you have the most upside. If he believes you're a special player, he's not afraid of letting that, uh, giving that job to that guy, even if yeah, they haven't necessarily. That was year two. This is year three. He's got nine wins in two seasons. Things have changed. He's, yeah, he like, had a lot not, more ropes to do that with Cam Jurgens. He's not in any kind of danger, one, because he's just not, and two, because Nebraska can't afford a buyout in the middle of a pandemic. But year three, it, it's just different. It's different in year three. All, like I've said this before, all it takes is one columnist to write Hot Seat and Scott Frost in the same piece, and all of a sudden people lose their minds, and then it just snowballs. And that's already happened. Uh, who who maybe Dennis Dodd did it? Yeah, it was like it was, it was a CBS yeah. piece. Like things have changed. Like I don't think he doesn't have the rope anymore. He could do that last year and just roll with the punches and prepare. But part of the strategy in doing that is you're preparing for something later on down the line. This is the later on down the line. Like this was the plan. Like they got a senior Dedrick Mills. They've got two seniors on the offensive line that they feel like should have their best years. One of the guys they feel like can be one of the best linemen in the conference. Like, this was what they were building towards, was it not? And now do, they've do they, gotten through that well, Cam Jurgens portion. Where now, do they do they still feel that same way with the schedule and with the pandemic and with this year not counting towards the eligibility? Obviously. Throw the schedule. Yeah. I, they, I don't. They like, don't throw the schedule out. They're going to play whoever. The Big Ten is tough. Stop talking about the schedule. This is where I'm at. The Big Ten is tough. They joined the big boy league. Stop talking about the schedule. Stop complaining about the schedule. The but schedule I, is tough. Could it's, you, your what if you win is, five or six games? Your schedule is not going to influence 
the personnel that you put on the field. Also, though, schedule is not going to influence people saying that they're not as far along after this year as they should be either. People are saying that now, like, oh, we know the schedule is tough, yada, yada. But when the rubber meets the road and we get to the end of the season and they've gone, they've only won three games, let's just say, I'm not saying they will, um, people will still be angry. No one's going to then say, oh, the schedule. People outside of Nebraska do not care about the context of the situation. They see the win-loss record and they say, well, what happened when Darian Daniels and Carlos Davis and Khalil Davis were at the Combine and Carlos Davis was running his tail off in the 40? It was Carlos, wasn't it? It was one of them. One of the Davis brothers. Khalil, Khalil, One of the Davis brothers was running their tail off in the 40. Darian Daniels had people coming up to him and saying, ooh, that boy can move. I thought you guys were terrible. And he's like, did you just look at the record? That was all they did. That is what people Context outside of Nebraska is not looked at. So the record is all that will matter. Nobody will talk about, oh, well, they played Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State. Like, maybe somebody brings it up on a halftime show on ESPN, but the bulk of the conversation will be Scott Frost went three and five. Yeah, he can't. What if you play five games? What if you go two and three in five games, and that's all you're able to squeeze in this year? That's, That's what I'm talking about, about this season is they could make the progress they need and still not be able to accomplish what they want just because of this situation and everything that's going on. This And that's why they gave the extra year of eligibility because nobody knows what this season... We're seeing cancellations every week now, and it seems like there's more and more and more high-profile ones. We have no idea what they're going to be able to accomplish this year, regardless of where they are as a team. I think the thing that is most important that they accomplish this year is proof of concept. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. And yes, that's why definitely. they needed to play. No matter how many games they get in, that's why they pushed to play because people made those jokes about, oh, they're, they're fighting hard to go three and five. It's The record... That, it's not about that for this they, this yeah. group. They need to play, and they need some confidence. Yes. They need to be able to also, welcome to my world, go into living rooms and be yeah. like, this is what we've been able to do, um, especially now that we've got a majority roster of our guys. Um, there is a lot to play for, but I, 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 right now I kind of go the other way. To get back all the way back <laughs> to your question, Derek, of who gets the nod, if you ask me right now, I think I would tell you Luke McCaffrey. Okay, so follow-up for you, Greg, because you brought up that they had talked about or they have mentioned that Luke just makes it work, he just makes the play work and practice. Do you think that they think that if, and maybe I should say this Luke, but just Luke McCaffrey in general, if Luke McCaffrey was the quarterback last year, be it this Luke McCaffrey or true freshman Luke McCaffrey, if he was the quarterback that he would have made things work last season. It wouldn't have been as bad because Luke would have been able to make things work, whereas Adrian needed this, this, and this to fall in place. Yes. When asked that way, yes. Because I think I, the thing that I, I just keep thinking in my mind is, is are we at a point where we do, like Adrian needs so many things around him to then make it work versus Luke not needing as much and having a better kind of improv skill to him, kind of more of an X factor to him than Adrian does. How many quarterbacks don't need stuff around them though? And are we sure that McCaffrey is the guy that doesn't need that? Like we, we've seen, like I said earlier, we've seen Martinez get exposed. We haven't seen that for McCaffrey. We're we're kind of assuming a lot thinking that he can survive in that chaos. I think think. we can't have that discussion just because we haven't seen him. Yeah. But I mean, like, what's his face? Johnny Manziel? Like, they didn't do anything. They didn't win anything. He beat Alabama, and that's the highlight of his career. Like, the guys that can just make it work without anything else, like, that doesn't work out. 
it might work for a game. But also Does it work out over the long run. I mean, Cam Newton, but that was a completely different type of deal. Than yeah, but Cam was yeah. Luke Cam always is not Cam Newton. His own yeah, like no one was like outside of that Joe Burrow season. Even then, it was different than no, than the Cam the Newton thing. Yeah, it's Cam Newton is just yeah. He was worth every penny, right? So it, it's just, it, but maybe the. <laughs> You caught that. Maybe the make it work, though, doesn't necessarily have to even be like huge improv skills. Maybe it's like doing, making it work with the little things that have to be done, which is another thing that I kind of keep coming back to about the path that Luke has to being able to get this done and run down Adrian is that I don't think that it's like some insurmountable thing. And I'm saying that either of you said this, that he could say, be a little bit better on intermediate throws, be a little bit better uh, or be a lot more consistent on the swing passes, just on the timing of it to make everything just look a little better and run a little smoother. Like there are, it doesn't even have to be so huge as to, Hey, Luke's making these breakaway plays, even though it feels like all they show us on like the practice footage (laughs) that comes out. You always see Luke sprinting down the field in his green Jersey. Yeah. Come Um, to think of it, the first piece of practice footage we got was Adrian Martinez scrambling and throwing. And then they cut to what's his face in the end zone covered by two guys getting the ball <laughs> knocked down. It clearly was not the pass. That no, it was not. That was not the, the pass. No. But like that was conspiracy. No conspiracy. No, please don't. But, but can I give you another, like in this, it's, it's in the same realm here of something else that I've, I'm thinking about and kind of trying to handicap this race no. in that, Sorry, I'm doing it anyway. Um, so we talked about kind of the the passing element of this, the running element, and you have to kind of figure those two out. But I do think that there's a third element here, and there's an X factor as to if we're talking about, okay, Luke just kind of finds a way to make it work. The offense runs exceptionally, exceptionally well with him in there um, from Scott Frost's words. Could there also be an element just of an X factor of Luke giving the offense some juice? Like, does that matter at all? Like, do guys get excited to play with him and for him and rally around him on the field? Like, is that something that maybe they also see in practice and something that there's just a feeling around Luke? And should that even matter? Like, could that be a thing? love Luke. That was a storyline last year that I felt like people tried to maybe make too much of a thing, which would potentially, like... Drive a wedge into the locker room, which <laughs> right? Was, no, at that point, really yeah, definitely could. That. But the young guys did seem to talk about, like, whenever he would come into the game. Like, I'm thinking of the Indiana game, or like games later in the season when he came into the game, and then like Wandale afterwards is asked mm-hmm. about him, and he's like really excited about Luke. They do really like him, they and and that's something how that's many people talk about Adrian, yeah. the same way. Well, how, how many people are left from Adrian's recruiting class? Like, that's part of it, too. Is Also, here's the other question. How many times do we ask people about Adrian? That's also. Constantly asking people about Luke. That I would agree. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. But I think that, but on the flip side of that, Jacob, is, I mean, if, if, even with um, not a lot of guys from Adrian's recruiting class being here, if Adrian was like the unquestioned guy, then it would just be like we rally around our guy. That's our leader. That's that's what it is. I think that there may be something to like the guys really feeling like they can go to battle with Luke and that he's like he's more energetic, um, that he's got more of that X factor to him. I don't know how much that's worth. I, I just it's just my feeling on that. So you, if you had to put money on it today, you'd say Luke. 
If I had to put money on it today, yes, but ask me in a day, <laughs> it may be something, and it would be very close. I would not say, you know, it's a done deal or anything like that. And you, Jacob, say Adrian. Well, if we're talking money here, are there odds or is it just, <laughs> nope, just, okay. just the money remove, straight up? Remove then yes. Money from the equation. Okay. You deplorable. <laughs> <laughs> if I asked you Adrian or Luke and you have to give a one word answer, your answer is Adrian, right? Adrian Martinez. God, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you too. Uh, oh man. I, I don't, I think I'm going to, I think it's Adrian. But like I, like I said, I am closer to 50-50 with this than I have been at any point this yep. offseason. Would totally agree there. Yeah, 100% with you there. And, and like, <laughs> this has really come about in the last week and a half. Like, when we heard Mario Verduzco talk, I, it, it seemed a little weird to me, a little off to me, and I can't quite put a finger on why. Um, there was just a little bit more of a deferment to Frost on a lot of stuff. Now, like, Verdusco is an authority figure on quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And there seemed like, I don't know, it, it just seemed a little off talking to him a week and a half ago or whenever it was. And you guys were like, oh, I don't know. I mean, he just wants to probably defer to Frost, which is not out of the norm for him to do. And then this week it was like, oh. Okay. Yeah, like maybe well, that's why. Yeah. I think interesting too is kind of the the difference in uh, Lubick's responses from last week to this week. That's a great point. Last yeah. week he talked about Adrian as kind of that number one guy, and then this week it's even. Like he talked about them together as kind of that. It that wasn't same last tier, week. It was two weeks ago. Yeah, the, the last was, time he talked, he yeah. was the first guy to talk. Which actually I think is actually more notable because. What's happened since then? Since then, yeah, obviously, there's been practice. Yeah, there's been practices. Yeah, but there's also there was also that big scrimmage. Mm -hmm. So, like, so something has, yeah, something has clearly happened within these last two weeks. And we know that Luke at so, least had an opportunity so, to impress because they had that big scrimmage. Did his opinion change, or was he told to change the way he was talking about it? I don't think he was Just told adding the conspiracy. I don't no, it, no, it, no, he wasn't told. <laughs> no, it kind of feels like he can say what if he feels like yeah. something. There's a few. I wouldn't. Well, I don't want to name this, but like just, I think that they can say what they want to say. I don't think Frost is micromanaging what people <laughs> say in press conferences and what they don't. I mean, they obviously like every coaching staff has talking points that they try to stick to. They don't want to go out and, and they just, definitely like, have serious. talk willy nilly, and they will stick to their talking points. But yeah, I don't think. Or, to throw a wrench on the whole thing, uh -oh. was Tuesday's practice just truly terrible and Frost was just pissed at the world? Oh, I thought you were going to throw Logan Smothers in the conversation no, on no, that wrench. No. That is what I thought he was going to say, <laughs> no. too, actually. I thought that was good. No. no. Um, when I'm in a bad mood, when something has gone wrong, everything goes wrong. When something bad has happened with me at home, yeah. suddenly everything is a problem. Alex points this out to me all the time. Suddenly I have I take issue with literally everything. Huh? Like cups are not placed properly or like things are not tidy enough. Everything annoys you. So was Tuesday just that bad and Scott was just in a bad mood afterwards? Well, Because one thing that was interesting to me was that Frost said, yeah, Alante Brown and Wando Robinson are nicked up. They've been out there, but they've been nicked up. And then Matt Lubick on, you know, 48 hours later said, no, they're going 100 miles an hour, full go. Now, somebody pointed out to me on Twitter that you can be nicked up and 
you know, still be going 100 miles an hour. And he was like, I had 16 stitches in my arm and still played. I think that was what he said. Yeah. Well, I, mean, and, I mean, sure, yeah. sure. But and Frost talked about being in and out too with those guys. And maybe that was just kind of the accumulation of not having those guys in Manning and all those other guys as a um, group in practice consistently to where he knows what he has there and ha- can feel good about it. So maybe that's kind of what that was, just the accumulation, the frustrated frustration of all right, I still don't know what I have at wide receiver because these guys have been in and out and we haven't had consistent but production. just so that we cover all of our bases, was it maybe that just that last Tuesday's practice sucked and he was just in a bad mood afterwards? And maybe Luke isn't, you know, all Big Ten second team quarterback because it's going to be Justin Fields' first team. And Adrian's still in the lead. I mean... Well, you're just giving me side it, eye. It's huh? possible. Okay, sure. But even with him being in such a bad mood, the most praise he gave was for Luke McCaffrey. I still don't know what to make of that because he's he's been different this year. He He's not giving out praise easily. He's not effusive in his praise. Which I think is a couple. I think it's for a couple reasons. One, I think it is that they want to be a little more guarded, um, and that is one of those talking points. But I also think another thing is they just want to play things as close to the vest as they possibly can because why not? <laughs> well, and he's made he's made comments before about you know I, it was in March maybe the spring or maybe it was one of those signing day press conferences where he said yeah like Tom Osborne all he would say about a guy was that yeah he looks good and that was it. And I've, he was like, I've, I've learned that if I go too far, then people will take it too far, and then you know we've got a real problem on our hands. Something to that effect, which, is, which, which, that he had a habit of doing in his first two years, and got him in a little bit of trouble. Um, maybe, maybe something to think about. But that he used the phrase "exceptional" again—that was the like we talk about that quote being the one that sticks out, and inside that quote that sticks out, that word is the one that's like has blinkers on it. Yes, so. it definitely does. Just over one week till we find did, out. Did we miss anything? Is there anything that you guys want to cover? I d- well, one thing, as Jacob just said this, is, is are we going to find out in a week? Like, when do we think we actually find this out? Will it be when they run out there for the game, or will they make some, or is the depth chart going to say, or I just walked that, right into my worst yes, nightmare. Yeah, it's going to say or. I hate it's that. Gonna say or. It's going Every to say position, or. it's going to be or. Every single one. Frost. God, I can't stand that. His whole time here, he said, no, we have one quarterback. We will use one quarterback. One yep. guy will win the job. Because he used to be a quarterback. He, I think he went to a real long answer though yeah. when he first originally said that about getting into a rhythm and having a guy that knows he's the guy and all of that. And that's the way Verduzco thinks. If yeah. you have two, you have none. Yep. That's not necessarily the way Verduzco thinks, but they want one guy so that they can let him get into a rhythm. And one of the, the other things that Frost said that probably should have caught more attention than it did was if that's what we have to do, that's what we have to do. Yes. When asked about if they will use a two-quarterback system. He, I, he, I still don't think he opened the yeah. door that has not been opened here. And that part of it, I think, could is more like is likely to be coach speak. And, I, and it's a real easy yeah. one to do um, to at least make your opponent think about it. Um, I'm just still a little upset that I've walked right into it being an or on the depth chart this week. When do we get a depth chart? Are, are they actually going to give it to us on Monday? Or, do you think it's yeah. gamesmanship? If he's in a bad mood and he says, I mean, if we got to go two quarterbacks, we'll go two quarterbacks. Do you think that's gamesmanship or do you think that's he's upset with what he saw and he's saying, you know what, 
we'll do it. Yeah, maybe neither of you actually won the job. Maybe, maybe. You're just shaking your head, Jacob. Yeah, I, I we I wrote uh, about 1,200 words about this. We've been talking over an hour about it. I still I still don't know what I to think. I don't want to see two quarterbacks. Yeah. I don't think a two quarterback system works. I think 100% you have agree. to have one guy because. The saying, if you have two, you have none, is a saying because in most instances, that is correct. And it's such a rhythm position, and not only with the quarterback himself, but with his teammates and that camaraderie and that connection. So I think they do have to pick one and um, then kind of hope they make the right decision and the guy produces, and then we won't have to worry about it again. But um, again, what, a little over a week here till we find out, hopefully, and what that picture actually looks like. We'll see. Jacob, plug your podcast. (laughs) Uh, Nebraska preps post game. You can watch us live on Facebook every Friday night and catch it as in podcast form next day. Who's your co-host? Damon Benning. You can't leave that guy. He's like contractually obligated to be the first name mentioned. Former Husker Damon Benning. Um, all around great guy. Um, really knowledgeable about high school football. So great guy to um, do a show with. Greg, plug your podcast. Uh, my podcast is the Straight Up Breakdown <laughs> Podcast uh, with myself alongside former Husker, Jay Foreman. Uh, it comes out every Tuesday, and we have great theme music. So you have a former Husker on your podcast, Greg. Uh-huh. You have a former Husker on your show and podcast, Jacob. Jay Moore has his own podcast on the Hale Varsity Network, the More To It podcast, which you can subscribe to on iTunes and Spotify. Um, producer Pat is doing a podcast and he had Eric Crouch on his first one was a former Husker Aaron and Sasha have their podcast the mind your own podcast which you can subscribe to on iTunes and Spotify I forgot to say Pat's podcast red to black Spotify and iTunes I don't have a former Husker on mine we got to fix this you got I mean, one by proxy well <laughs> I mean, we got to a call to all former Huskers. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Greg, where did you go to college? If you would I, like. I went to Nebraska. You have former a former Husker right here. Former Husker athlete. <laughs> I played rec league. Good athlete yeah, back right. in the day. I played rec league football. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that was a beast. That's like me saying that flex I played. tight end. like me saying I played <laughs> freshman basketball at my high school. And so my 5'7 white guyness is qualified to say that I'm a former basketball player. Like, come on. I played option quarterback in <laughs> high school, man. I was running the veer, dude. I'm exclusively you, you referring to you means? as former Husker. You know what that means if you're running option in high school? That means they don't trust you to throw the ball. <laughs> Listen, I never said decision-making was my thing, right? Field vision, vision in general. Come oh, on, man. man. Oh, man. Um, yeah, we got to we got to. We got to fix this situation. Call to all former Husker athletes. Wow. <laughs> Greg Sides. Sides. If you want to come co-host this podcast with me, do it. People would probably appreciate your voice more than mine. Um, keep reading HaleVarsity.com. We're close to the season. We've got a lot of good stuff coming. So read HaleVarsity.com. Subscribe to the magazine. There's a new issue set to come out soon. Or it'll be in your mailboxes by the time you listen to this, depending on when you get around to your podcast listening. So keep reading Hail Varsity. Keep listening to all of the Hail Varsity Network podcasts. Subscribe to this show if you don't already. Leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. It helps out a lot. We'll be back next week. Thanks, guys.
Ahura Media Production.